The following program is rated MAL. It contains strong language and is intended only for mature audiences. Green flag waving for the always exciting Sheldon Hutchill. He'll bounce the right rear off the wall with turn four. Lap one for Sheldon Hutchill. Quick time! Off turn four. Quick time! Ten, zero, three, zero. Second lap time for David. What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of Quick Time, the podcast. Brandon Anderson here, joined once again with Brad Brown. Brad, it's been a long week. Uh, I, I need a week off. I need a vacation. i uh, been traveling all over the country. It's been uh, five days in Houston, and uh, I'm ready for it. It's cold, windy, and rainy, so it's probably better here in Lincoln, Nebraska. But uh, uh, it, uh, I'm, I'm ready for some racing and just to slow down a little bit. I don't know if it was better in Lincoln, Nebraska. It, uh, it snowed a lot here yesterday, motherfucker. Yeah. I'm glad it didn't stick around, though. It was, grass is green again, and there wasn't a lot of moisture in it, but we got moisture for the grass. Yeah, we got to get that grass greening up. Uh, yard's looking good, by the way, folks. Looking real good. But, yeah, you mentioned some racing. Uh, Eagle Raceway's kicking off the regular season this week, so I think that might be the plan for me. Either that or I might... Jump in that toter that's up the street from you with the uh, Stu Snyder Motorsports uh, clan and uh, make a trek up to Knoxville. Oh, they're going to race in Knoxville this coming weekend? Yep, it sounds like that's the plan for this weekend. So, uh, All right, cool. As, as we're getting on the air here, I uh, saw some breaking news on the old Twitter feed as uh, Brett Marks has left the CJB car. Uh, what kind of inside scoop do you have on that for us, Brad? Uh, it's, it was too late breaking to really do a lot of digging, so I don't have a lot of inside information Uh kind of uh, had a long day at work and stuff, but uh, yeah, it sounds like according to the story that Jeremy uh, Elliott did at sprintcarsunlimited.com that uh, Brent Marks decided to pull the plug on that deal and uh, leave the CJB Motorsports car. Uh, uh, they had a really dismal last weekend. There was four races, four all-star races, and uh, he got two tenths, a 13th and a 20th. And uh, that's, that's not a good start to your all-star season. Uh, fifth in points, He's, he that that combination just hasn't clicked this year. Uh, they have seven top tens out of twenty one races, and that's just uh, just not going to do it. Yeah, that's uh, not going to cut the cheese there for us. Yeah, and granted, some of those races were against the outlaws down in Volusia and stuff, but uh, you got a top notch ride with uh, some of the best equipment out there, and uh, you can't uh, can't produce uh, something's something's got to change. I was a little surprised it was this early in the year, but uh, um, you know. Brent Marks has a lot of high expectations, and so does CJB. So uh, it's not a complete shocker to me that it's that it's happened. Yeah, definitely not. And from the sounds of it, it looks like Brent is going to take out his, the family-owned 19 and uh, probably continue on the all-star trail, I would imagine, or possibly just maybe just run locally at home in PA. Yeah, I don't. it, it really wasn't announced what his plans were. I, I'm going to guess that he's going to regroup and, and stay in the Pennsylvania area where his sponsors are from. You know, Brent tried to make the outlaw tour uh, the couple of years that he ran the outlaw tour. Um, he was decent. He was never really good. He, he always passed the most cars, but that's because he started so far back every race. And uh, uh, he had some good runs. Don't get me wrong. But uh, so I was more of a surprise that the CJB picked him up to, to be their uh, number one driver in their top flight car uh, more so than him getting fired or, or quitting this early in the season. I, I, 
I was more surprised that they tabbed him as the the future of CJB. Yeah, it's definitely when our since our buddy uh, Paul is uh, doing actually pretty good in that in that twenty three car, the teammate car of that. Right. Yeah, he had he had a good four race stretch there. Uh, he had one uh, place he finished twenty second. Uh, he got a podium the last night. Uh, he he had a pretty good pretty good weekend, a pretty good start to the season in that uh, that twenty three car. Yeah, definitely. So uh, before I forget, better mention our guest. Uh, we got a pretty cool guest tonight. Uh, Kicking off 25 years of announcing races at the Knoxville Raceway, Mr. Tony Bachoven himself is going to join the program. Uh, Tony's a pretty cool dude. I mean, I, I like the story of, you know, how he, how, he got, how he got the job up there and, you know, just to be able to do it for 25 years is pretty special, especially at a place like Knoxville. Yeah, it's, it's, I love his when he calls a race down there in Knoxville. Uh, uh, his one line that he has, uh, and he used it this last weekend on Sheldon. Sheldon Hodenchild, if you want it, you got to come and get it. And uh, uh, Sheldon came and got it. Yeah, definitely. That was that was a good race. That was a really was. good race. Catch those people that go to Knoxville on a weekly basis are so, so damn lucky they get to watch that week in and week out. But uh, yeah, excited to hear what Tony Bachoven has to say and uh, kind of hear a little bit about his story and. I'd like to know what he does for a living because he can't get, he can't make a living on announcing one weekend out of the one day out of every weekend all year long. Yeah. That, that I don't know, but uh, well, I'm sure we'll find out what his day job is. And uh, I mean, his weekend jobs, it's pretty fucking awesome. Pretty special. Yeah. It's uh, especially at that place. Uh, you can't, uh, can't beat Knoxville, Iowa. If I could, if I could go there on a week, weekly basis, I sure would, but uh, Hey, uh, you got go, a lot of us. You can go this weekend. On. You can go this weekend. Uh, you know, uh, my wife and I talked about it, but uh, she's got plans and I got plans for half the day and it would just put too much into the weekend. So, uh, yeah, it, it would be, it's tempting, but uh, probably not going to happen this weekend. But uh, looking at the schedule, May 22nd, I think, is the day that my wife and I are going to just make a long day of it, drive over there and stop at some wineries and breweries all the way and go to the races and then uh, spend the night and then come back and do the same thing on the way back home. So, uh uh, we're penciled in for the May 22nd. Yeah, for sure. Uh, unfortunately, like, uh, I, I will be up in that area on the first, but my sister's getting married that day. And well, oh. it's on a Saturday and I don't think I'm gonna have time to sneak off to go to that, go to the races. So, so yeah, I'll, I'll be up there. Priorities. Yeah. I'll be up there on the first, <laughs> uh, probably might, you know, during the day before all the festivities get kicked off, I might make a trip over there and just go check out the hall of fame. Cause the hall of fame is always a cool place when you're in the area, you need to go check that out. Absolutely. Yeah. That's uh, uh, you, you got to visit that once uh, every, every Knoxville nationals, you got to stop by there for a while and take a look around and there's always something new there. So the best thing uh, about it is this, this air conditioning. So on those hot summer nights or summer days, when you're, <laughs> yeah. when you're at uh, at the nationals, you pop in there and cool off and just check out some of the awesome history out there at, at the hall of fame and museum. Yep. Absolutely. So we mentioned a little bit uh, about the race up there in Knoxville where Sheldon Hotshield picked up the win, which is uh, surprising because he's an outlaw guy. Unfortunately, the outlaws rained out at Devil's Bill, Devil's Bowl Speedway this weekend. So a bunch of those outlaw guys made that trek up there in Knoxville to, you know, start prepping for that race in, in August. Yeah, uh, Sheldon prevailed, and that was a, it was a good race if you go out and watch the highlights. Uh, uh, I think uh, there was about four or five of them. Uh, Masuda was there. Reitzel was there, I know for Reitzel sure. Reitzel was there. Reitzel crashed, and so he didn't have much of a showing. But, yeah, they, uh, they there were some outlaws getting some testing in, getting some uh, 
uh, just trying to figure out uh, what their best setup is for August. And uh, so they had a, a pretty good weekend, a lot of cars there, a lot of cars. So uh, that was pretty exciting to see uh, opening day have a pretty good turnout there in Knoxville. I think, I think I saw that they had 87 sprint cars there with the three classes. So that's pretty damn good. I 37, four tenths, I believe it was. So you can't for, go wrong. For what is it? $15 to get in the front gate. Uh, you yeah. Can't you can't beat that. You can't beat it. Uh, what else? Who else do we have on our winners list? I know you mentioned there there's some all-star races this past week, and uh, I know there's some USAC stuff, and all pretty well, good races from what I saw. Yeah, the, this weekend was a great weekend of racing. I watched about four or five races on the internet, and all of them were really good, exciting uh, um, passes for the, the, the lead and the win. Uh, to finish Knoxville, uh, Jamie Ball took a new team to the winner's circle, and he won the 360 race there at Knoxville. And then Tyler... Gronendike, I, I think his name. Uh, he, uh, he he won the Pro Sprint Series race there. So uh, all-star-wise, uh, Tony Stewart uh, lucked out and won the first night of the four-day race. That was uh, that was all because of his uh, NASCAR experience of saving tires. Yeah, that's all it was. Uh, um, gosh, I'm drawing a blank at who, uh, who had that race won until he blew a tire coming out of four. Quickly Google it. <laughs> uh, one of those guys, one of the all-star guys. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't uh, know off the top of my head. Yeah. But, but he, uh, ty, uh, Tony Stewart just saved his tires and he was there at the end. And, and that's where you got to be. If you're going to win a race, you got to, you got to be there at the end. And so, uh, but Tony Stewart won the first night. Uh, Kyle Larson did Kyle Larson things and, and took care of business at Williams Grove. Uh, Logan Wagner beat Anthony Macri and Port Royal. And then on Sunday, Anthony Macri redeemed himself and won uh, won Bedford. So uh, um, a pretty good, successful weekend with the All Stars uh, last week. Um, Cole Macedo, he's uh, uh, Carson Macedo's brother. Uh, he won at Attica. He won at Attica on Saturday, and then he destroyed the car on Sunday. So from the highest uh, to the highs to the lowest of lows. Yeah, that's exactly right. Um, Kevin Thomas Jr. won Bloomington USAC Sprints. Justin Sanders, the hottest sprint car driver in all the land, uh, he's won both races this weekend in California, and so he's bumped up his total to uh, um, nine wins on the season. Yeah, so he, mean, that's a good uh, start. That's a hell. Yeah, of a he leads the here. country with wins. Uh, it was Justin Peck on that All Star race, by the way. The thirteen car was leading all the way until the very end, and then. Oh, I wonder what our buddy uh, Robert Ballou had to say about that. Then. <laughs> Fucking Robert yeah. Ballou. Um, Eric and Jenaton won Tri-City at Illinois. Freight, Fast Freddy Raymer won Lincoln. Um, Blake Hahn won at Park Jefferson. And uh, was, boy, one of the heat races started off rough for one of our Lincolnites, our Nebraska friends, uh, Cody Ledger. Uh, he got punted going into one. And, and punted both of them is went the, off the back right end. And Williamson, Williams or Williamson flipped pretty hard. And Cody was doing okay until he hit that damn ditch in the back side and uh tore up his car after he hit that so yeah the uh, thing is the thing is uh, it's kind of hard to tell from that video but last time i was up there that that drainage I'll, I'll just call it a drainage ditch i don't really know exactly what it is but it's quite a ways away behind that racetrack if i remember right and he traveled a little bit going back there and then just he just did caught the car and just sent him for a ride yeah i, I know on the, i know watching on the video all the like the cornfields and that ditch it looks a lot closer than what it actually is yeah. So, because I saw some comments, I saw some comments up there about the fence posts way back there that separates the racetrack property from the, the farmer's land, and it's you have to get going to be end up in that cornfield. So they they were talking about safety stuff. So I mean, 
It's a long ways. It's not as close I as saw, it looks. I saw a video last year of a, a sportsman going over turn one, and and he never let off. He just kept going, and he went into that cornfield, flipped a cookie, and come right back out. And so I, it must not be that big of a ditch, at least going into one. Cody was more in the – He was more in the apex you know, one, of two, one two, two, so – um, but that was uh, Blake Hahn won the th- the 360 ASCS race there, and our our buddy down the street, uh, Stu Snyder, he took the 305 win there at uh, Park Jefferson. So a good start to Stu's uh, season in the 305, taking the win in uh, Park Jefferson. Yeah, I mean, you know, he's adding that win total that he had last year. You know, he was pretty impressive in that 305 car last year, and it sounds like the programs kind of kind of stayed the same, and you know, yep. keeping on their winning ways. That Myers Racing Engine, uh, they get they got that thing figured out. I had to do a shout out to Gary Taylor. Never met Gary Taylor. Don't know who he is. I, I've watched him from afar. Uh, he he always has he has a t shirt that he travels with his helmet and his seat. And he'll race anything. Uh, he won uh, at Waynesfield County Speedway in Ohio in the uh, uh, I can't remember the name of the car. It's a yellow ninety seven. Uh, he won that. So I'm a fan of Gary Taylor just because he he just wants to race. Uh, he'll race and. He'll get rides all over the country, and um, but I shout out to him for winning that race. And then uh, in a damn good non-wing sprint car race at Tri-City, uh, Tri-State Speedway uh, in Hopstadt, uh, USAC race, Kyle Cummins come from about 10th place, and uh, he just slowly picked away, and and uh, he, he, he took care of business that day, and he ran, he, he, had a, he ran a hell of a race to win, win that race in, uh, in Hopstadt, and I love non-wing sprint cars. We've voiced our opinion on that multiple times and that was a damn good race to watch yeah definitely uh that's nothing better than an all-wing sprint car nothing better yeah. wish we could get more of them here in uh, nebraska yeah definitely. that's about all the i'm sorry but that's about all the winners list i got for for this week anyway uh little little lackluster news we kind of we kind of had a gripe about it uh the announcement before the announcement uh mckenna hassey tweeted out that she had an announcement coming well that announcement was she's racing some races in indiana <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's good that she's getting back in the car. She had a hell of a ride a couple of years ago, and she's been out of the car, I believe, all of last year. So, I mean, it's it's good that she's getting back in the car. They got a, I want to say, a thirty race schedule out there in the Indiana area, and uh, but an announcement before announcement, I don't think it was necessary. Just come out and say it. Yeah, yeah, I agree, and we we voice our opinion on that. Uh, just tell us what you got and move on, and. Uh, if it's a big announcement, if you make an announcement for an announcement, it better be a damn big announcement. I otherwise. think like uh, something that would have been good for an announcement before the announcement was uh, Blackjack Brian Brown landed himself a truck ride for the uh, Knoxville Dirt Race with uh, Kyle Busch Motorsports. I think that would have been something big. Hey, we got some big news coming on Thursday at 3 o'clock or whatever. Yeah, yawn, yawn. <laughs> I have zero interest in that race. I have zero interest in those SXT races that they're talking about. Um, I'm sorry. I, I'm shallow and uh, so forth, but uh, I like sprint cars on dirt. I'll, I'll sit through modifieds on dirt, but uh, I am not going to sit through a truck race on dirt or those SXT races. That's I'm sorry. I'm just not going to do it. I kind of, I kind of want to go to the Knoxville dirt race just because it's the first one. I, I know that my, what my expectations of it is going to be is not very exciting. Yeah. But I think I'm, I'm the kind of person that likes to be at the event and it's going to be an event. I mean, there's no doubt about it. Oh, for sure. But it's, you uh, know, Knoxville, the way Knoxville does stuff, they're going to, they're going to 
not hold back on anything and they're going to make it a great event for everybody. And I wish them nothing but the best of luck. It's just, I'm just not going to be there. I'm sorry. It's just uh, not anything that I want to, I'm interested in. Yeah. I mean, it still probably beats going to a NASCAR pavement race. I will say that. Yeah. I guess I'll <laughs> never know because I've been to NASCAR pavement races and I had some fun at them and uh, I can't, I won't be able to compare. Sorry. I, I've, the only thing I've been, I've been to a NASCAR truck race on pavement. I haven't been to a cup race, but. It's, but props to uh, it's pavement. <laughs> props to uh, Brian for getting that ride in with Rowdy, Rowdy Energy Drink. Casey's General Store is going to sponsor it, so uh, why not uh, on that track? Uh, Brian should have a pretty good turnout there. Uh, he had a rough start to the opener in Knoxville, didn't he? He did. Our our, feature. our buddy Tyler Perry he uh, tweeted out because Brian Brian I, flip, just t- dumped it over. Basically, I don't see what I don't know what caused it. But uh, Tyler Perry's like, I want to know where they got that wing tree from because that wing, the wing tree was holding the race car up. It was pre- <laughs> it was pretty impressive that this little piece of aluminum or whatever yeah. it is, it was holding this race car up. So I texted back. I go, he's running one of those cheater wing trees, all titanium. And Brian did make a comment that he got his left front wheel way up on top of the berm, and then his right right rear just hooked it and turned it over. So it was just one of those things. Yeah, I mean, it it happens and. I mean, it's Knoxville. Brian knows his way around. They're pretty damn good, so I, I think he'll do okay. I don't expect him to win, win the truck race because, well, let's be honest, it's a 3,500-pound stock car versus a 1,200-pound rocket machine. So, Yeah. And speaking of Brian, he announced, he tweeted today that he has decided not to run Bristol this weekend with the World of Outlaws. Uh, didn't give a reason, but they, he just decided he's not going to run Bristol. I think the reason might be is uh, he wants to go beat his uncle, Daniel Lasoski, over there in Knoxville this weekend. Yeah, um, Danny Lasowski is going to be back in uh, his family-owned 33 sprint car. Uh, he announced, uh, or I don't know if he announced, but it was announced that he's going to be in the car, and and uh, they did test at I-70 Speedway last Sunday. I-70 had an open house and and had uh, a lot of different kind of types of cars there to test, and, and Brian and, and Danny Lasowski, Brian Brown and Danny Lasowski were there to give it a test, and all reports were they were just flat out flying around that. Track, I'll tell you so. what. I mean, they definitely did a lot of work to that facility. It is looking yeah. really damn good. I mean, last time I seen it was maybe four or five years ago, and there's trees going growing up through the grandstands right through the bleachers. So, I mean, the amount of work they put they in there about, is amazing. I would guess they about had to start from scratch because that thing was laid dormant for many, many years. And so... I couldn't imagine they had much to uh, salvage to, they just had to, I'm sure they had to redo it all, but yeah, the, the aerial pictures that I've saw uh, on Twitter, look, it looks pretty impressive. And I think they took out some of the banking. I don't think it's nearly as high banked as it what it, it once was, but uh, yeah, I, I, I won't be able to make that race, but I'm, I'm going to watch it and I uh, can't wait to see how they fly around I-70 Speedway. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I mean, they're kicking it off with a bang. They were going to open up last year. Which was going to be awesome because the race was scheduled for my birthday weekend, so I was going to make a make a little birthday trip up there, check out the Outlaws. But they're they're going to kick off the grand opening of I seventy with the World Outlaws. So I mean, that's you can't go wrong with that. That that's a Absolutely hell of a way not. to kick off a new a rebrand or reopen an old facility, I guess. Yeah. Uh, so yep. with, so with that, I think we're going to take a quick break here, and we will be joined on the Taylor Computer Repairs Hotline with Tony Bachoven. Everybody, stay tuned.
get up, about to kick off the weekend. There's a stretch of black top, I ain't never seen a cop, so I'm pushing it a little past ten. Pulled a little money from the bank, put it in a tank, shined up the windshield glass. Don't know where the night might lead, ain't nowhere to be, but I gotta get there fast. There's a cold beer calling my name, feel a good time coming, got a new song humming, and the sunset's doing this thing. Feeling lucky as a seven, yeah, sometimes heaven is a pocket full of payday green. And my baby put sugar on me, yeah, sure been a pretty damn good day. And there's a cold beer calling my name. Citronella torch, yeah, you know I'm down either way. There's a chance that tonight might be the night that we I ain't ever gonna forget you. Everybody's turning it up. I got a little buzz, and I ain't even had one yet. There's a cold beer calling my name. Feel a good time coming, got a new song coming, and the sunset's doing this thing. Feeling lucky as a seven year song. guys welcome back to the show brad changing up the music a little bit uh hoping i'm making your dad a little bit happier with the songs we're playing actually uh two episodes ago he goes that was some dang good music you guys played there i <laughs> i remember I, what I'll it was look but, it up. Uh, he was a fan <laughs> yeah definitely so like i mentioned before we are going to be joined on the taylor computers and repair hotline with tony bachoven want to give a shout out to our buddy dan taylor over there at taylor computers and repair for uh, sponsoring the uh, the hotline, uh, so if you guys need anything, computer computer upgrades, repairs, or need a custom gaming uh, computer built, uh, Dan's your guy. So uh, check them out at Taylor Computers and Repairs on Facebook. Uh, hit them up at the racetrack, Eagle Raceway, IED Speedway. You know, you, you all know where you can find them. 
definitely hanging out at the track with us. Well, we appreciate his, uh, him, his coming on board and, uh, and sponsoring us and helping us out. Uh, hopefully, uh, he enjoys our show and, uh, we don't disappoint. Yeah, enjoys a loose word there. It's very loose. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, welcome back. Uh, we are now joined on the line with the voice of Knoxville Raceway for the past 25 years, Mr. Tony Baca. But Tony, 25 years in Knoxville, I mean, that's got to be pretty special right there. Yeah, you know, it is pretty cool. And uh, Saturday, thinking about it, um, it, it sometimes I, I, I have a hard time believing it's been 25 years. And then other times when I think about all the things that have changed there, it's like, wow. That's a long time, you know, and so um, it's pretty cool, though. You know, when I started going to Knoxville, um, went there as a fan, you know, uh, set in Section F, Row 7 every week. Um, we were those people that, you know, sat in the same seats. And if somebody got there before us and was sitting in our seats, it was kind of a big deal, you know, so <laughs> uh, kind of creatures of habit. Right. But, um, you know, just uh, going from a fan to. Uh, getting an opportunity one time on a kind of a joke is kind of how it started and then uh, kind of turned it into something that's, you know, it's been really good. I've got, it's, it's allowed me to to go do TV things. It's allowed me to go do some NASCAR stuff. And so uh, as I look back on it, it's it's pretty amazing what a guy can do uh, with a little passion. Yeah, you mentioned you mentioned the kind of a joke. How did you get started there? I mean, yeah. Did so, somebody say like, hey, if you think you can do better, jump on up here and there you go. <laughs> Kind of, kind of. So I, I used to sit by uh, Jack Herway's daughters and Archie Ergenbright's daughters. They sat in the same row as I did. So I got to know Jack Herway pretty well. And, um, you know, just knowing them for several years. And then one night after the races, um, we were just kind of standing around and giving each other a hard time. And I told Jack, I said, you know, announcers, there's not a lot of skill involved. You just have to like to hear yourself talk. And we laughed, ha, 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 you know, and um, so some time had passed and uh, Dave Reef was working at Knoxville at the time. And then when he went to interview for TNN, um, Jack called me up and he's like, hey, remember that conversation we had? And I said, yeah, yeah, I remember it. And he's like, well, I got it all worked out. Dave's going to be gone this weekend. So I figured, you know, you're not very smart. So why don't you come and, <laughs> and try this, try your hand at announcing? And so we laughed and I said, well, I'll try it. You know, you know, what, what's the worst thing that can happen? Right. And, uh, so I went and, um, at the time it was Dave, Jack and Dennis Wilson. And so every week they rotated, um, two upstairs, one in the pits. And so, uh, it, it just so happened that I was going to be upstairs with Jack. And, you know, at first I was, obviously I was super nervous, right? It's like, man, this is Knoxville and I don't know what I'm doing, but I, but I've been coming long enough that I figure I can imitate them pretty well if I had to. And so that's kind of how it started at the beginning of the night with time trials and stuff. I kind of tried to do it the way that I remembered them doing it. And, um, and by the end of the night, it felt pretty good. You know, it was fun. And, uh, we used to announce outside then. So back then, the bleachers didn't go up as far as they did. And there was just that small little press box at the top of the bleachers. So would have been about row 27 ish somewhere in there. And, uh, you know, we stood outside right next to the crowd. And so you had people turning around and talking to, you you know, and so it was a lot different feel, but anyway, um, that's how it started. And so then uh, we get done that night and uh, go home and um, maybe Tuesday or Wednesday of that next week, I got a call. Um, from Arlita, who at the time ran the office at the racetrack. And she said, 
uh, hey, Tony, hang on just a second. Cappy would like to talk to you. And my first thought was, you're in trouble. He is going to, yeah, he's <laughs> going to tell me, don't ever come back here again. <laughs> and, uh, you know, cause Cappy was a man of very few words. And so when he spoke to you, it was very intentional. And, and he said, uh, you know, he always called me Anthony. He never called me Tony. And, uh, he said, Anthony, uh, what would you think about coming back and announcing every Saturday night? And I laughed. I said, are you serious? He said, wouldn't be calling you if I wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> and so I'm like, yeah, absolutely. I'd love to. And so that's, that is literally how it started. I went the next week and, um, been there ever since. So, yeah. So the worst thing that happened that night was we, you fell in love with it and had a 25 yeah. year long career out that place. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so, a little, you know, a little slight note that nobody cares to know. Uh, I dated her way's daughter for, for a while. It didn't last oh, long, nice. but uh, we dated. <laughs> I went to prom with Melinda one time in, uh, in oh. Newton. We went to Newton prom <laughs> together once, but, uh, but yeah, it's, uh, that's kind of how it started for me. And, um, you know, it's, it's been pretty cool. Then I got to announce obviously with Jack and then Tim Trier came back for a while. And, uh, so I got to announce with Tim again because, which was super cool for me because as a kid, my dad was a drag racer and Tim also announced at Eddieville drag strip, which is about 35 minutes from Pella where I live. And so my family knew Tim real well. And so it was really cool to, you know, get to announce with him and, and get to know him even, even more. And, um, so that was a lot of fun too. Yeah, definitely. By the time I started going to Knoxville was with, was with you and Justin Zoch up in the booth and later on came Blake. And so, I mean, you've had a lot of great voices in the booth with you. Um, you mentioned that, you know, you kind of imitated, uh, what you knew when you, when you start, started announcing, how long did it take before you started bringing in your one, your classic one liners and your, your own style to the booth? Yeah, it probably took me a couple seasons actually. Um, because that first season, you know, I was, I was so nervous, you know, and every week I was super nervous. And, um, I'll, I'll say one thing, sprint car fans are amazing, dedicated, diehard people, but they are also some of the most critical people you'll ever meet in your life. <laughs> and so as a new guy, um, you know, I, there was lots of criticism, right? Because everybody was very comfortable and used to hearing Jack and Tim and Jack and Dennis and Dave. And so, you know, when all of a sudden there's a new voice in there that's doing things differently, it, it takes a little bit of getting used to. Right. And so, um, we used to, we used to just joke that I was kind of an acquired taste and finally people acquired the taste of having me around. So I've got to stay, but, uh, I would say it took me a couple of seasons, honestly, to kind of settle in and, and feel like it was mine to do. And I could say some things different than what Jack was doing or, or that I had heard Tim do. So, um, at that point, you know, you start trying to change it up a little bit. Well, it's, it's impressive what you do because, uh, I said, we kind of joke on this uh, podcast from time to time. Uh, it's not as easy as it sounds. I mean, we're, we've been doing this podcast for like 40 episodes and I still stutter and, and mumble and my way through it every episode. Uh, you're trying to talk smoothly and, and, and be informative and so forth, but uh, sometimes you stumble and you don't get words right. And it just seems like second nature to you and Blake Anderson and Johnny Gibson and you, you professionals out there that do it. It just seems so natural and easy for you guys. Uh, well, trust me, we make plenty of mistakes. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I, I learned early on um, that, you know, when I, when I first started, obviously I made lots of mistakes and just, 
because your nerves get the best of you sometimes, right? Or or there's so many things you want to say and you can't say it all at the same time. And what I learned was even at the times that I made mistakes, just keep right on going. You know, don't stop and acknowledge it. Just keep right on announcing and there's a good chance people won't catch it. And so that's what we do, right? And, and um, you know, you, you kind of get a cadence down and, um, you know, I, I kind of have a cadence. I know what I want to say, Um for me anyway, it's more about, I'm just watching the race talking about what I see, you know? So it's from that regard, it's probably a little easier maybe than doing a podcast where you're trying to think of what to ask your guests where I'm, I'm watching what's happening and all I have to do is articulate it to the people that aren't there or the people that are sitting in the stands. Right. So, um, but trust me, I've called plenty of people the wrong name. I've called plenty of people the wrong number. And, and usually once a season, I'm good for um, missing the checkered flag in a heat race <laughs> where I'll think there's one more lap to go. And all of a sudden the cars are slowing down. I'm like, oh, yellow on the racetrack. And it's like, no, nope, the race is over. <laughs> so so it happens. But uh, but, you know, you just got to you got to shake it off and, and move on. And and uh, once you kind of get past some of that, it's not so bad. But um it's, you know, we, we have lots, a lot more notes than what we ever did when I started, you know, when I started announcing, we had these little magnets, um, that were like an inch by inch and a half and it had, you know, driver's name, hometown, car owner, and four sponsors on it. And that was really all we had. And then we kind of moved them around on the board, depending on where they were racing at. And, um, uh, but now, you know, uh, you have access to the internet and you have, I have lots and lots of notes that I bring. And so I have plenty of things to say. Um, if I get into a place where I got to fill some time. And so that makes it a little bit easier too. Yeah, definitely. You mentioned like with the access to the, the internet and all that sort of stuff, how much does it bug you when a driver does not update their website? Um, <laughs> a lot. <laughs> um, I, I, I really rely on the, my race pass app, um, because there's so much driver information on there because, you know, now it's, it's like, you got to go to a driver's Facebook page and, and try to find something in there. And, you know, the difference between the Facebook page and what we used to see on a website was, you know, there was a stats page on a website, right. Where there was all kinds of cool information and history about a driver and stuff like that. Whereas now you've got to kind of just sift through their posts. Um, so, you know, I use, I use the, the, my race pass site because they have a driver's profile section where, I can go in there and see where they finished on July 19 in 2016 at Knoxville, you know, cause that all is there. So, um, that has certainly made it a lot easier. Um, and it has certainly cut down the amount of time at night I spend, you know, prepping for, for a race, whether it's just a regular weekly race or an outlaw race or whatever. Yeah. It bugs me to a T when I'm trying to find it. information about a guest or something we want to talk about on here and you go to their website and it hasn't been updated for two years. <laughs> yeah. I've kind of stopped looking at websites because I just don't trust them anymore. And, and, uh, I, I quickly look at their Facebook page and if I don't find it there, I go elsewhere. Well, that, that's one of the few reasons why I got rid of my ibracing.com. It was, um, you go to drivers' websites, and I think websites are obsolete anymore. Uh, most of the drivers don't update them, and so it's all old information. And with social media, before I could get home from work and post whatever breaking news that I just heard, it's already out there. So it was old news before I even had a chance to update it. So I agree with you, Tony. The 
um, that websites are kind of obsolete anymore. And that My Race Pass app is a, is a great app and they do um, really good stuff there. And so I, I do I, I keep a track on that, especially when I'm on the road traveling with my track and field team. I got to stay up to date somehow. <laughs> right, right. You know, it's so different today. Um, you know, Chris Economaki, um, when he was alive at National Speed Sport News, his, his slogan or mantra was, what you see racing tonight, you'll read about next week in National Speed Sport News. Well, to your point, you know, by the time we get out of the press box after the races are over, there's usually three or four stories already on the Internet. and People have posted dozens of photos and, you know, all kinds of comments about the night. And it's like so quickly it's at your fingertips. You know, it's just just so different from when I started announcing to wave this today. Absolutely. Brandon kind of touched on this a little bit ago about your one liners and so forth. One of your one of your my favorite one liners that you have and you used it last week on Sheldon Hoddenschild when he was uh, running second. Uh, he was going into one, and I think it, it's something like, uh, Sheldon Hoddenschild, if you want it, you're going to have to come and get it. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. and he did come and get it. So that was an awesome finish. But uh, that's that's one of your one-liners that I, I absolutely love that you, you, you always use it at the right moment too. Yeah, I stole that one from Tim Trier. Um, Tim used to say that. And uh, it's it's burned me a few times when I've used it and they didn't come and get it. <laughs> um, but that one, you know, I kind of try to gauge it. Right. And and Sheldon was so fast and um, he had had a couple runs around the top that you could see he had way more speed uh, than Geo did. And so, you know, that's one of those things, though, quite honestly, um, when I'm calling a race in kind of the heat of the moment, sometimes those things just come out like you know, I, I'm subconsciously thinking about it. Right. But I hadn't intentionally thought to myself, okay, I'm going to use that tonight. It just kind of came out. And, um, and then, you know, when he come off a of turn two, man, he had a head of steam, you know, going down the back straightaway. And so it, it was perfect. Right. I've, I've watched the, right. the clip that dirt vision put out a couple of times and it was like, Oh man, that was perfect. <laughs> I got lucky. Now, do you ever, yeah. do you ever sit at home and like, Oh, I should say this during a race and just jot down your one liners or um, not really. I, I do sometimes, um, I do watch the races, um, afterwards, most, of, most usually every week I, I try to watch the highlights of races that I called, um, to hear, you know, how I describe some things because, you know, sometimes, like I said, in the heat of the moment, you say certain things and, um, I, I like to go back and watch it to make sure that's really what happened. Um, because I have made mistakes before and, uh, I have said, you know, somebody, you know, so-and-so touched somebody else and that's why they crashed. And then I go back and look and it's like, no, they were about five feet apart. <laughs> they didn't touch each other, you know? And so I want to make sure I don't do that. Right. Or if I do it, I do try to make it right with whomever that was. But, um, I do critique myself. I'm, you know, like everybody, you're your own worst critic. And, um, I actually hate listening to myself. So I, I, I like the fact that the clips are about three minutes cause I don't have to take too much of it. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but I do, I do go back and watch, um, cause I do, you know, even though I've been doing it so long, I still want to be better and I want to, I want to be more descriptive and I try not to say the same thing over and over, you know, um, like car passing on the inside or looking low or something like that. I don't want to say that 10 laps in a row. You know what I mean? So, yeah. um, I do have a, interestingly enough, I do have a notebook, um, where I have written down uh, different thing, different ways to say passing on the high side or, um, you know, lining up on the inside of row two. I've, I've written down different ways to say those things because 
uh, that's the one thing I notice is sometimes I'll, I'll call a, a heat race lineup and I will say that the same way every row. And I don't want to do that. I want it to be different. And so I write down different ways to say it. So if I'm having a night where I'm struggling a little bit, I just look at that real quick. I'm like, oh, yeah, I could say it that way or whatever. And that, you know, still today, that helps me. Yeah, for sure. This week, this past week, we kicked off the season opener over there at Knoxville. Kind of had a little perfect storm where the outlaws canceled and you had a lot of outlaw guys come up there. I believe it was 87 cars in the pits uh, between the three classes. And what are our, what are we going to see week in and week out? I mean, I, I don't expect to keep uh, an average of 87 cars, but it sounds like, you know, there's going to be a healthy 360 field, 410 field, and the pro, is it pro sprint series? Yeah, the, the, the pro sprints, the professionals, we like to call them. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Krug and I like to, we like to joke and call them the professionals, but uh, the pro sprints, I, man, I, I think if, if their weekly racing is as good as it was Saturday night, that's going to be a good class to watch. Um, you know, I'm super excited about Tyler Grunendike getting back in the car. Um, he's an exceptional driver. Uh, I've watched him race IMCA modifieds and, and some other things and watched obviously in the sprint car before. And, um, so for him to get a, a chance to come back this year was really exciting. And, um, man, to get a win the first night out after having not been in the seat for two years, that's pretty impressive. But, um, you know, you can't count out Devin Klein. Uh, he'll be super tough, you know as the season goes on. And then I think um, in the pro sprint class anyway, I think Devin Wignall is going to surprise some folks this year. Um, you know, he, uh, I like to say he's a graduate of English Creek, right? The, the mini sprints and go-karts out South of Knoxville there. He came from there and, and into the three Oh fives and pro sprints. And he has shown lots of speed and uh, I think he's going to do pretty well. And I would guess he'll probably win a couple races this year. So that's pretty cool. Um, the 360 division, boy, that's tough, right? There's so many good cars there. Um, Jamie ball getting a win. Um, you know, his, his team basically turned completely upside down over the winter and went from not having a ride to putting a new team together and, and to come out and win on the first night. I mean, that's, that's impressive. Yeah. I had, Um, I had no clue that he had a whole new team coming and, to debut and win at Knoxville's <laughs> darn yeah, impressive. Pretty quiet. Yeah, he did keep that quiet. I think basically because he wasn't sure that it was actually going to happen. And so, um, cause I had talked to him a couple times this winter and even as recently as two weeks ago and asked him, and he told me two weeks ago that he wasn't sure what was happening. So uh, I think it was more about just making sure they had everything in place and, and not, you know, talking about it too soon, just in case it didn't happen. Um, but, you know, Gar- Clint Garner is going to be unbelievably tough like he always is. Um, so I, obviously he'll be he'll be one to watch. Um, Chase Randall, um, you know, he, he'll be tough um, if he sticks with us all season, which I hear he is. But, you know, he may go run some ASCS stuff in there as well. But he should be fun to watch. Um, you know, uh, looking down, I was just looking through the list before you guys called. Um to me, those are the, probably the big guys. Ryan Levitt will be tough. Obviously, he didn't have a great night. Um, you know who I was surprised about Saturday night was Ricky Montgomery. Um, he, he showed some speed, though he crashed in his heat race and, and then got into that altercation on the front straightaway. But um, he was pretty fast. And so, you know, we might see some good stuff out of him. Yeah, you mentioned Ricky. I remember it's got to be 
2011 ish at the Nationals. He had one of the hardest hits I've ever seen it at, at that place. <laughs> Where something just broke and straight into that wall, so it's it's good to see him still out there, uh, kicking around yeah. in the dirt and and trying to trying to live the dream. Yeah, for sure. And um, you know, the as far as the four tens go, um, you know, I honestly wish Geo would race with us every week. Um, though I don't think we're going to be that lucky uh, because it would be fun to have him there and watch him get um, even better on a big track like that. But you know, and we're going to lose Austin. He'll be heading back to California here pretty soon, but um, we still will have a pretty strong field. Davey will be a contender. Um, I, I, I'm, I'm anxiously hopeful or optimistic for Brooke Tatnell uh, in that D-Wall car. You know, those guys have raced a long time, the D-Walls. They've run up by Sioux Falls and Jackson for a long, long time. So there's lots of knowledge there, and, and I think um, with, with a little bit of luck, Brooke could have a pretty good season. Um, Sawyer Phillips, um, you know, he got a new sponsor this year with Valvoline. And so they've got a, a better engine program than they've ever had, um, which has kind of always been his Achilles heel, you know? So, um, hopefully, uh, we see something out of him. Um, Brian Brown, man, I'm telling you, I, I'm going to bring him a rope of garlic this week. Um, and just hope that that wards off all these bad, the bad karma that's around him right now, but he's had a tough start to the season. Yeah, um, he definitely sure. has. And which is uncharacteristic for those guys. You know, they, they typically are, are pretty strong right out of the box. But, uh, you know, everybody has a, a slow start. But, I, I you know, I don't expect that's going to last all that long for him. Um, I'm super pumped about Ayrton Jeniton, um racing with us this year. I think, you know, he's got a great team um, with uh, the Boffmans coming on board with him. And, you know, they're running a lot, turning a lot of laps, which is what a young guy like that needs at a lot of different places. Um, so he doesn't just become a short track guy. He doesn't just become a big track guy, you know. And so uh, I think we're going to see some some really good stuff out of him. I, uh, will he win this year? Uh, I don't know about that, but I, I do believe he'll be a he'll certainly be a top five guy um, in the point standings at the end of the season. Yeah, I've, I've, we've. Just uh, kind of got introduced to him last year. Uh, he kind of started making a name for himself, uh, having some good runs with the World of Allies and so forth. So uh, I'm 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 kind of holding out. Uh, I'm becoming a little fan of his, and uh, you know, I've always watched his dad race the midgets years and years and years ago, and was a big fan of his dad. And so uh, kind of sitting back watching Ayrton and uh, develop, and uh, he's got uh, some good sponsors behind him now. So yeah, I'm kind of excited to sit back and watch him develop as a as a good 410 driver. Yeah, for sure. You know, he's a third generation driver. His grandpa was a driver. His dad raced at Knoxville a little bit. Um, I remember before I started announcing, um, his dad raced at Knoxville some, not every week, but, you know, periodically. And so, yeah, I think um, with the team they've got now and, and the experience his dad has, and um, and he's a good racer. I mean, he's, you know, he's super, super talented. He's not afraid. Um, you know, he he's brave, <laughs> but most young guys like that are, right? So, yeah. Um, but Carson, uh, Carson McCarl will be tough this year. Um, I, you know, Terry probably would disagree with me if I said this and, and I would say this to him, but I'm not so sure that Carson isn't the best of the three of them. Um, he's, he's so talented. He's smooth. Um, if you watch him race, uh, he's a very calculated driver. Um, and so I, I think that's going to allow him to uh, be in position a lot of nights to, to contend. So I'm, I'm happy that he's uh, moved up to the 410 class this year. And, 
Um, I think people are going to all become Carson McCarl fans by the end of the season for sure. Um, well, I, I but, think you they know, all know how to take care of their equipment. So they, they finish races and that's obviously a, a plus. And so, uh, yeah, I'm kind of, uh, uh, he's he's graduated from the 360s, so it will be interesting to see how his uh, 410 season turns out. Yeah, so you know, just we're gonna have a we're gonna have three strong classes for sure um, this year, and and I think you know if if what we saw from a fan perspective was any indication, you know, fans are anxious to come back to the races. They're excited about it, and and I think they're hungry for it. So. Um, I, I think this year could be a really good year all around. There's some new stuff going to happen, um, you know, new races on the schedule at the track, which will be interesting. I don't know if those races will become legacy races, but they'll certainly be interesting. And so that will be fun for fans to get to experience. Yeah, you're not talking about that NASCAR truck race there, are you? <laughs> <laughs> I might be. Yeah, I might be. <laughs> you know, I, I do think um, I think the SRX, you know, that one happens in June. Um that one, you know, will be cool in respect to uh, you're going to get a Washam drivers race at Knoxville that arguably would have never raced at Knoxville. Right. Yeah. So that's pretty cool. Um, you know, I think the jury's still out on the on the car. Um, but, you know, the, the test they've been they've been doing a ton of testing. And so that's really good. That makes me feel good about they'll they'll be prepared and they'll be ready when they get to Knoxville. Um, I believe David Stremi is one of the guys that's helping do the setups on the car. Um, Ken Schrader's been doing some testing and Kenny Wallace. And um, so, I, I mean, they'll be prepared. They'll be ready. Um, you know, so I think it'll be a lot like watching, um, you know, a cross between a modified and a, and a late model race at Knoxville. You know what I mean? So that's a big old track, right? So sometimes they don't look as fast as they sound, <laughs> but um, then the truck race comes and, you know, I'm a huge NASCAR truck race fan because I believe that's the most competitive class in NASCAR. Um, and I believe that because those drivers um, are all, most of them are paying for that deal themselves. And what they're doing is they're racing to try to get someone's attention. And so they got to put it all on the line every time they're on the track, you know. And so um, I'm excited about that. Um, I think they'll show well at Knoxville because it's a big, wide racetrack. Um, I think they'll show better than they do at uh, like Bristol where it's very tight, you know? And um, so I, I don't know. I, I'm, a, I'm, I'm very open to it. Um, I hope it works out well. And I think if nothing else, uh, like I say, it'll be cool for, you know, sprint car fans to be exposed to NASCAR trucks at Knoxville, but more importantly, the, the NASCAR fans that come will get a chance to be, ex, you know, exposed to sprint cars. Right. Yeah. And, and that's what it's all about, right? Ultimately, we want to create more sprint car fans. That's what we want to do. And having the Corn Belt Nationals that weekend will be a, a pretty cool um, pretty cool experience because the 410 cars are going to run with uh, the Corn Belt Nationals. So um, those NASCAR folks will get to see non-wing sprint cars and super fast 410 sprint cars at the same time, which is a, a perfect combination. Yeah, I think that... Uh the the big key for me is is bringing those NASCAR fans in and giving them experience uh, exposure to to our sprint car world and you know having the non wing USAC guys there along with the four tens is going to be awesome and and knowing Knoxville it's going to be a great event if the race sucks it sucks but the event itself is going to be awesome yeah I think so and you know the racetrack's going through a bunch of transforming right now to get ready for it 
Um, they've had to do some things to the fence as far as um, just, you know, the, the traditionally the fence is abrupt in some places. And so they've changed that and um, just doing some things that are probably long time coming, but uh, the track will be in great shape and the Duncans will have a perfect racetrack for them. I know they will. And I think the NASCAR fans are going to come to a dirt track and they're going to be like, Hey, that doesn't look anything like what we saw at Bristol. And that's kind of cool, you know, cause it's going to be way different, I think. Yeah. You know? And so, um, from that regard, I think we'll make some sprint car fans that weekend, hopefully. All right. That that's, that's the ultimate goal. I believe, uh, before we let you go, Tony, we, we were, uh, dropped with some kind of exciting news that, uh, the dude is going to be back in a 410 sprint car there this weekend. Yeah. Can you believe it? Um, I had been hearing um, for about the last month that that might happen. And I thought, nah, I saw Danny a while back. He ain't going to get back in a race car. Um, but he is. And, and that's pretty cool. And, you know, you know, Danny's getting, well, he's in his sixties now, I think. And, um, but he's still sharp, sharp as a tack, you know, and he understands, he, you know, he's working on Mason Daniels car. And so he's been around. It's not like he quit racing and then left the sport. You know, so um, I'd say the Danny Lasoski fans are rejoicing tonight that he's going to be coming back and uh, it'll be cool to have him in his own car. And, um, you know, do I expect him to go out there and win right away? No, probably not because he's been out of the seat for a little while, but it won't be long. Uh, Danny Lasoski will return to victory lane and um, 112 wins right now. And, you know, who knows? Maybe maybe 120 is not that far out of reach. I saw that Brian Brown announced that he's not going to Bristol, and I think that's because Danny's yep. going to race Knoxville, and Brian's got to show Danny uh, who the uh, <laughs> the better family member out there is now. <laughs> well, you know, I, this Bristol thing, um, I, I don't mind publicly saying this. I'm I'm nervous about it. Um, I don't I don't necessarily think sprint cars need to go 180 miles an hour, and um, you know, I I think that some of these guys are are recognizing that. I'm not saying that's why Brian's not going, but I, I just hope everybody comes home safe from that deal, you know, cause it's, that's a big old fast racetrack. You know what I mean? And think about 20 years ago when Sammy set the track record there, at what was 140 some miles an hour? It's like, Holy cow. Well, the sprint cars are lighter than they were then. They're probably a couple hundred more horsepower than they were then. And, um, yeah, it's, <laughs> they're going to be fast <laughs> that they are. Well, Brandon and I were talking about that earlier before you got on. Uh, um, Danny Diedrich tweeted that he's concerned that uh, their front tires are held on by three bolts, and that's it. And he's he's concerned that the tires are going to break, or the wheels are going to break going into a corner and stuff. And and uh, safety concerns are what what everybody's really concerned about. So I agree with you. I I hope everybody just uh, has a great uh, safe weekend, and they all get to race another day. Yeah. And, you know, these guys are professionals, right? I think, I think us as fans probably worry about it, you know, more because, um, you know, we're fans, right. And, um, but these guys are professionals and, and their crews are professionals. And I'm guessing this week they're, they're all spending a little extra time working on the race cars and, and maybe they're taking some of their trick lightweight stuff off and not going to run that who knows. Right. Because to your point, three, three nuts on a wheel isn't very much, to be going that fast into a corner, but, um, and one nut behind the steering wheel. That's, that's, <laughs> and that's the one that you want. Got to worry about the most. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. 
<laughs> so yeah, no, I think it'll be it'll be an experience, and I'm I'll watch it. You know, I'm gonna watch it and uh, and hope for the best for everybody. Yeah, definitely. Well, Tony, I want to thank you for jumping on with us tonight. Uh, I may see you this weekend up there in Knoxville. I haven't quite decided if I'm going up there or to Eagle or out to Sioux Falls to finish out the USHL hockey season. So it's still a chance uh, I might make it up to Knoxville. So you should come to Knoxville. You can watch hockey on TiVo, bud. Hey, it's 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 the last weekend of the year, so I I'm because uh, my stars aren't making the playoffs. Your Bucks, they still have a slim chance to make it. They helped out. They helped their out their chances this uh, past weekend with the uh, three big wins down here and in Carney versus the Storm. So your Bucks yeah, still so, have a chance to get in. So so I know this isn't about hockey, right? But just a side note for you, I was in Des Moines today, and uh, I drove over by where the new Buccaneer Arena is going to go. And uh, they've got the old building um, where there was a shopping mall there. You know, they're knocking down an old shopping mall and they're going to build this new sports complex there for the uh, for the Buccaneer Arena. So we're all pretty excited about that. That that new Progress place looks am- the new place looks amazing. And it's a hell of an upgrade versus the, uh, the Buccaneer <laughs> the Arena old right Bucks now. Arena. Yeah, for sure. Well, for sure. Well, if hockey ends next week, doesn't it start back up the following week? Uh, this this week is, hockey season national. never ends. This is not like this is not is. basketball. <laughs> we, get a, we get a little bit longer break. Yeah. I don't know. It oh. seems like every time you turn around, there's a story on ESPN about hockey season. And it's like, Jesus. <laughs> yeah. Hey, so. hockey is the greatest sport out there. Next to racing. <laughs> next to racing. That's right. Next to racing. All right, Tony, thanks for jumping on. All right, like guys. I said, we'll, we'll probably see you this weekend. If not, uh, I'm sure I will see you up there in Knoxville here soon this year. Sounds good. Thank you very much for having me on. I really appreciate it. No problem. Thanks a lot, thanks, Tony. Tony. Thanks, guys. All right. That was Tony Bachoven, the voice of Knoxville Raceway. <sighs> I want to go to Knoxville now. Just just hearing all that, hearing about the competition they're going to have up there this year. Uh, he sold me. Let's let's pack up the car and go to Knoxville. Screw, screw, to to Knoxville. screw your plans this weekend, Brad. Let's go to Knoxville. <laughs> I've, I've said a lot. And I even teased my wife about it. If she had let me park my camper over there, I, it would it'd be a weekly trip. But uh just uh, not happening at this time. But yeah, Knoxville, got it. There's nothing I don't like about Knoxville except for the hangovers. <laughs> yeah. Those hangovers, they're, they're pretty fucking brutal. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. But props to Knoxville for trying new things with the trucks and the SRX, whatever it is. Just trying to generate new fans. And I applaud them for going outside the comfort zone and trying new things. Yeah, definitely. I, I, I think that's the whole goal with all this is to get more more guys and gals interested in sprint car racing. And I mean, if you can get, you know, the NASCAR guy that maybe lives an hour away from Knoxville, but's never been to a sprint car race before. And he goes down there to check out the, the, the NASCAR race and he's there for all weekend. And, you know, he might fall in love with that thing. And now you got a now you got a guy who can go there and take his family there, you know, every week. Because, I mean, you're only an hour away or so. So. Well, one thing that he mentioned that I found kind of interesting, you know, he mentioned Bristol and how dirty it was. Maybe somebody will come and go, wow, this wasn't what we saw on TV with, with Bristol. I can guarantee you it's the Duncans are not going to allow that track to get as dusty as Bristol was. So uh, they are going to see a completely different racetrack and a different race when uh, those guys come to come to Knoxville. Yeah. I, I mean, I didn't watch any of the, uh, the dirt cup cars on, on Bristol. I did watch the late models and all the modifies and all that sort of stuff. And yeah, and it was dusty. I mean, there's no doubt about it, but, uh, the Duncans is, they're one of the best track prep crews out there in the country. And I mean, if you just watch what they do during, uh, the speed weeks up there with the three sixty nationals, four ten nationals, I mean, 
there's not a night where it's super fucking dusty. So, I mean, they do a hell of a job. They know how to work that dirt up there. They know how to keep moisture in it and how to get that moisture to come back when it starts going away. Well, look at last weekend in Knoxville. They had a low groove and a high groove and a slick in the middle. And that's what most drivers prefer is, is a, a fast groove low and high and a slick in the middle. And, and that's exactly what they got all night long. And it produced great racing. So, uh, yeah, it's hard to beat a racetrack like Knoxville, Iowa, Knoxville Raceway. Yeah, definitely. Well, Brad, we're rolling up on an hour-long episode here, uh, kind of where we like to keep it. I think we pretty much covered everything we wanted to cover. Is there anything else you want to want to tap into before we uh, kick the fans loose and let them uh, go back to their their uh, whatever they're doing? Nope, I don't think so. I just uh, everybody try to get out and support your local racetrack. I know I say that, but I'm not going to do it this weekend. Uh, finally got a weekend off, but uh, Eagles kicking off this weekend. Uh, you can go to Knoxville. I think that's about all the the regional races here, at least within a short distance uh, from Lincoln. But uh, get out and support your local um, dirt track and uh, uh, keep this racing thing alive and keep it going. Yeah, you, you finally get a weekend off in the job. I think the first weekend is obviously has to be dedicated to the wife to keep her happy. Yeah, I got... I got a lot of honeydews, and I think uh, more importantly is I'm going to brew two batches of beers on Saturday and make a an amber ale and a pale ale and get uh, stocked up for when we ever get back to get into the garage, we can have something to drink and do this podcast. Yeah, you goddamn right. You better get that kegerator all filled up because uh, May 4th, second shot coming in. That means uh, we're getting back together. The boys are back in town. May 18th, we're from the house. Hell yeah. <laughs> All right. So I want to thank everybody for jumping on with us tonight. Uh, hope you have a good one. And uh, we'll see you at the racetrack. Oh, and by the way, before I forget, next week will probably be the return of the Roland Race News Eagle Roundup because Eagle Raceway is kicking off again. So uh, that, means we oh, have, yeah, awesome. that means we have less talking to do and content to fill. So, James, <laughs> you're, you're on the hook now. So you're coming back, bud. Save us, James. <laughs> All right. We will check everybody on the flip side. Take care, everybody. Cheers. Cheers.